I'm just going to dive in. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I, have, I have the bulldozer mentality, and sometimes, as the farmers say, you've got to put it in granny and just keep plowing, right? you just got to keep doing what you're doing. So we're going to finish Hot Topics today, and um, Pastor Andrew had everybody in, in our pre-service prayer come and pray around the front because today's topic, he hit a, a tough one last week talking about racism. And that was, that was tough, but amazing job talking about how God has called us to love. And, and today, we're going to wrap it up by hitting something else head on. And I promise you, some, some form or fashion today, this will get in your business. There's not one person in this room that will be exempt from this. There's not one person in this room that this will not touch. What you need to do today is... Open your mind, open your spirit. I, I heard somebody my, say my motto for the year is to not easily be offended. <laughs> I'm not going to try to offend you today, but I promise today we'll get in your business. And I want to, to, this is, I feel this is the biggest threat to the church, to any church. And this is a threat that's plaguing our nation today so badly. And we're going to talk today about unity and combating division. Division. Everybody say division. division. The power of one. There's power in just one. There's, there's a saying that, that there's power in numbers, and, and that's true if you're doing something that requires a lot of numbers. But there's real and true power in just the, simply the number one. When a group of people are unified in thought and purpose, there is no limit, none, to what can be accomplished. No limit at all. First, let's look at this scripture, 1 Corinthians 1.10. If, you, if you're on Facebook, uh, Laura posted this yesterday, and I'm like, oh, look at that. There's my, there's my scripture. So, Jesus, speaking to her through Facebook. Speaking to you through her through Facebook. See, Facebook can be good. We're going to talk about that in a minute. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree... This is, this is a tough piece right here. That all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Wrap your minds around that one. Perfectly united in mind and thought. Paul's imploring us here to be united perfectly, not just to be in the same place at the same time, not just to agree on one thing at, at that moment, to be perfectly united in mind and thought. This leads to a unity of purpose. If you unite somebody in mind and thought, you're, 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 the purpose is going to be crystal clear and they're going to be one tracked. That's what he's asking for here. When, when we are united, when a group of people are united in thought and purpose, there's no limit to what can be accomplished. I just said that. There's no limit. But when a group of people is divided, not much gets done. Not much gets done. Why? Because you have so many different opinions. You have people wanting to go different ways and do different things and, and have people wanting things their way. Burger King. Have it your way, right? So not much gets done that way. In, in, the, in the Bible, there's a, there's a story about the Tower of Babel. Everybody say Babel. And Genesis, men got together and decided to build a tower to the heavens. They, they're, they're like, let's build a city, let's, let's build a tower to the heavens so we can all stay together. This tower was in Shinar, which is it's geographically located about 60 miles southwest of Baghdad, Iraq. That's where this, this tower was. So here's the text in Genesis chapter 11. Now the whole world had, had one language. 
The whole world had one language and common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them. Bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they've begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Let's go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from here, from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. The progress was completely stopped. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. This story is self-explanatory. The people decided... We're going to get scattered. Let's, let's build us a city. Let's build it to the heavens so we can all be here. We can all live this place and we can all just, just have this, this utopia. And they were accomplishing a major feat at this point. But God decided to stop their progress. So what did he do? He simply divided them based on language. He changed their language to divide them. They were unified in thought and purpose and they were making progress. And God knew, this is God now. God knew division would destroy what they were doing. In Matthew 12, 25, But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If your house is divided, guess what? You're going to be a statistic. That's a tough pill to swallow. But if, if, if as a husband and wife you're not on the same page and your, your mind and your hearts are not in sync and you're not a unified front, you're going to be a statistic if you don't get that straightened up. Jesus said that. A house divided will not stand. And here's a sad point today. We, we are a nation divided. We are a city divided. I heard this morning, as of today, the, the WBAL's count is 188 murders year to date. 188 people have lost their lives because somebody was angry at them. Because somebody lacked self-control, which is the fruit of the Spirit. We're a city divided. Man, many families are divided. And none of that can be healthy. It cannot be productive. And Scripture says that it will ultimately fail. What do I take comfort in? I take comfort in the fact that God sets up kingdoms. He takes down kingdoms. So we'll be just fine. Because we belong to a kingdom that's not of this earth. When we're a part of the kingdom of God, yes, we live in America. But the Bible says we're not really citizens. We are. Don't say I'm not a citizen of America. You are. <laughs> Think spiritual. Think big picture. We're really citizens of the kingdom of God, and that's where our ultimate goal is. But we do have to obey laws, we do have to pay taxes, and we do have to exist in harmony. We are Americans. Okay? So don't, don't twist what I'm saying. But here's what's up. Anything that God does, Satan mimics. He's nothing on his own. He has no original ideas. 
But Satan is simply using a, a, a play from God's playbook to divide us. God said, let's confuse them. Let's change their language so they can't communicate. And, and that will stop the progress of what they're doing. Satan's just saying, he's, he's, he's just saying, let's cause division in every vital area of their lives so they won't be productive, so they'll be, so they'll be divided, so they can't live in harmony, so they can't experience salvation like they need to, so they can't evangelize like God has called them to do. Think about it. Politics. Oh, my Lord. Religion. Religion wears me out, y'all. It just got deathly quiet in here. Religion wears me out. Relationships. Debate. Contention. Arguments. Every, all of those things are a trick of our enemy and how easily we fall into this trap. Because we all have opinions. We all want things our way. We all think things should be a certain way. But they can't be. And we all fall in this trap so easily. People live with hatred and anger just bubbling under the surface. I heard last week that a dude was coming through the harbor tunnel. That's the old tunnel. And he, when he came out of the tunnel, he was trying to get to a toll booth and inadvertently accidentally cut somebody off. After they paid their toll, the guy came up and shot him from his car. He's like, I, I, it was, I was just trying to pay my... I didn't mean to cut the guy off, but he shot, got shot and had to be taken to the hospital. They haven't caught the guy. Be careful when you're driving. (laughs) Road rage is real. Be careful how you're blowing your horn at people. Be careful how you're gesturing at people. (laughs) Fifteen years ago, that wouldn't have gotten you shot. Today, that could get you shot. And the guy wasn't really aware that he had done something wrong. This, this anger and this angst and this division is bubbling under the surface in every single thing we do. All our differences are being highlighted to divide us. If you don't think you're different than the person next to you, talk for a minute. You'll find out they like their burgers burnt and you like yours medium rare. And you're like, how can you eat that charcoal? <laughs> and you're like, I can't stand that blood. <laughs> That's just one thing, y'all. And you think they're gross for eating a bloody burger, and they think you're disgusting for eating a charcoal briquette. You see how that works? We are so different, but we're called to live in perfect unity. There's only one thing that could perfectly unite us like that, and that's the Spirit of God. And if we let the Spirit of God have complete control of our life, we won't be divisive. And I'm going to talk about some specific stuff in a minute. But if we let the Spirit of God control us and work through us and saturate us and control who we are and what we're going to be, we will not be divisive. Divided, we won't be effective. But if we can unite, we will turn this world upside down. As believers, we have three jobs to love God, to love each other, and to share Jesus. That's it. Love God. Love each other. And share Jesus. And and on, on the way to that, we have kids and have jobs and become successful and hopefully have retirement and all those things. But we as believers have three jobs, to love God, to love each other, and to share Jesus. And if we live divided, we can't complete those jobs. 
Because what did Pastor Andrew say last week? If you, if you say you, you can't love your brother who you've seen, if you can't love that person, you can't love God who you haven't seen. Yeah. Who have people that gets on your nerves? <laughs> chuckle, chuckle. Wink, wink. Guess what? We all do. But God has called us to be unifiers rather than dividers. So what can we do? The first thing is to guard your mind. Guard your mind. Because what goes in your mind comes out. Healthy in, healthy will come out. If God goes in, God will come out. If trash goes in, trash will come out. If you absorb hate all the time, guess what's going to flow from you? Hate will flow from you, so guard your mind, guard your speech. We as, as believers, we as followers of Jesus have a responsibility. The Bible says that the that power of life and death, not to make somebody feel good or to make somebody feel rough, but power of life and death is in our tongue. It's in what we say. It's in the words we speak over someone. It's in the words we speak to someone. It's in the manner of how we talk to someone. You may not say something hurtful, but what is your attitude? What is your spirit saying? What, what is your spirit conveying to that person? You may not be saying, I hate you, but you can be condescending. You can be cold and cutting with your words and tear that person apart without ever even raising your voice. Guard your speech. There's power of life and death in our tongue. And this, this is something new. And I, you've heard about this from, from this pulpit a lot. And we talked about it this, this past Wednesday uh, in our leadership track. But guard your social media. And it might get quiet for a minute, but that's okay. Because sometimes you've got to say what you've got to say. Guard your social media. If you know or even suspect that something could be divisive, it could be offensive, or inflammatory to anyone. Simply don't post it. Amen. Simply tell yourself no. Show some respect to the people that you are around, the people that you as a follower of Jesus have power to influence. We have freedom of speech. We can say and we can do anything that we want to do. But that doesn't give us a blank check if we're a follower of Jesus. We have a certain level of, of respect and etiquette and tact to uphold. From Leadership Track this past Wednesday. Your political posts and religious posts automatically, drastically reduce the number of people who take you seriously. Think about this. And if we're to be the salt and light of the earth, that's influencers. And influence is what? Wednesday night people? Influence is leadership. If we're to be influencers, if we're to be leaders, this becomes problematic when we're automatically reducing our audience by 50%. Think about it. Out of 100 people, if 50 of them just deemed you irrelevant or offensive or stupid, <laughs> I said that. Or if they just looked at your post and called you an idiot, you've reduced by half 
the number of people who you'll be able to influence. So you may have posted this, this offensive post. You may have hated on our current president. You may have hated on our former president. This is not about party lines. This is about respect. You may have posted something that people hate, and then you let that go for a day or so, and then you post about Jesus. I hate our president. Our former president was a jerk. Next day, who wants to go to church with me? Nobody. No one wants to go to church with you. They don't want what you have. I told you. If there's a very, very small minority of people in this church who don't have social media. I mean, talking two hands probably. But the rest of you, this applies to you. And if you don't have social media, it applies to what comes out of your mouth. Okay? So Paul said, I become all things to all people so that I might be able to win one person to Christ. So do you have a right to your opinion? Yes, you do. I promise you, I have a lot of opinions. I am a very opinionated person. But you will never see a political post on my, on my social media. I will tell you to go vote. I will do that because it's, it's your duty as an American to get involved in, in the democratic process. I will tell you to vote. And you better vote who, who best represents you. Your spiritual values, your personal values. Your so, you better vote for someone who represents you. But I will not post politically. Why? Because half of you in here wouldn't agree with what I say. I would automatically alienate half of our church because we're all different. And it's not my job to tell you how to vote. It's my job to tell you to love Jesus. That's it. And you may have a problem with that. That's okay. We are called to be more than the average person walking on the street. You're called to be more than the average person who posts inappropriately on social media. This is new. We are generation one of social media. There are no rule books. It is the Wild West. There, companies are just now developing policies to deal with social media. You can get fired for social media now. You certainly will, will not get hired in some cases because of social media. It's becoming that serious in our society because it really, there's, there's, something, there, there's something that people feel empowered through a keyboard. And, and you say things on social media that you would never have the courage to say face to face. See, I'm talking about being divisive. And, and right now in our society, this is the quickest way to divide somebody. It's not, about, it's not about how you walk down the street. It's not about how you drive. It's about what you put on social media. People will automatically, without ever seeing your face, if you pop up in their in their timeline because you're friends with somebody else and they see one of your posts, they're automatically going to have an opinion about you and your first impression, your chance of making a good one is gone. And when they meet you, they're going to be like, oh, you're that person. 
I have this person that, that is, is, has been in years past, a long time ago, associated with this church. I don't, very few of you in, in here know this person. And I was, I was at work one day. It was, this had been about a year and a half ago. And this guy comes up to me and says, I, I, I saw this person comment on one of your posts. How do you know them? And I'm like, uh, they used to come to our church a long time ago, and they moved away. And he's like, oh, okay. He said, my, this, is, this guy's young, in his 20s. He's like, my wife and I were at this party, and, and she was there, and she was talking to my wife, and she was sharing all this inappropriate stuff. And I was like, there's no way Scott can know her. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, I know, I know who she is. I mean, I don't know her really well because it was before my time, but I know who she is. And, and he's like, I was just thinking, man, there's no way. The stuff she was talking about showing my wife, there's no way you, that you are with this, like, are friends with this person. You see how that could have gone wrong for me? Because I was associated with this person. Now, I don't know that well. I've, I've met this person a few times. But because I was associated and, and this, this, link was, this link happened, I was automatically associated with that behavior. Thank God we had a, uh, this, this guy and I had a relationship. He knew who I was and what I was about. And he was like, there's no way this could happen. Be careful what you do, what you say, because somebody is always looking. Somebody is always listening. Someone is always watching. So if, if Paul said, I become all things to all people so I can win one person to Christ. And, and this is what he didn't say. Okay, This is what Paul did not say. I'm speaking truth. And if, if they don't want to hear it, that's their problem. I've done my part. I've heard people say that before. No, you haven't. You just became an obstacle between them and Jesus. And that's not good. You just made their salvation become more difficult. Don't allow yourself to be used by our enemy to divide people that you haven't even met or to turn people away from you that you could have influence over. Is it your right? It absolutely is. But should you? Just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something. Say it again. Just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something. Choose to be a unifier and a glorifier of the one who has redeemed you. It doesn't mean if you're sick, you can't. If you're sick, say, hey, I don't feel well today. Pray for me. Or I'm having a rough day. I'm not saying be fake. I'm just saying choose what you do wisely. Be a unifying force rather than one who would divide things. Does anyone ever ever wonder why we're only given two choices about everything hot cold conservative liberal democrat republican you choose one that automatically cuts the chances of unification down and god forbid if you're one and agree with the other one I was watching, I was watching the, the State of the Union. It was so funny. This, this, the senator from West Virginia, was, um, he's, he's kind of considered a moderate Democrat. And he, the, the President Trump was speaking, and, and the Republicans, of course, they're cheering him on. Blah, 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 and, and the Democrats sitting like this. <laughs> well, he said something that the dude from uh, West Virginia agreed with. So his, resp- his reaction, his immediate reaction was to get up and clap. He got halfway out of his seat. And looked around at his buddies and sat back down. <laughs> because the die was cast and it wasn't, it wasn't expedient for him to agree with something that his enemy said. So my question is this. Why, why do they have to be enemies? 
Why is, it, why is it in our society now that we hate people we don't agree with? Whatever happened to having discourse about something without hating the person you disagree with and still loving them? What, what's wrong with that? Nothing is wrong with that. But our enemy has worked and worked and worked until the smallest things can divide us. And if you're divided, you can't love that person. You can't be friends with that person. You can't applaud that person. Now, this is, this is not scripture. This is me. I believe there, there are forces behind the scenes in our country driven by, driven by our enemy that make billions and billions of dollars making sure that our country is, in fact, divided. They stir up racial tension. There are stupid people that hate people. There are idiots that are racist. Yes, I, strong language today, but this irritates me. There are stupid people in the world that hate somebody because they're different. So that's stirred up to divide people. They create dialogue about the haves and the have-nots. They vilify success and hard work. They hate, they teach you to hate anyone who's different than you. We got to see through these tactics that divide us. Have you noticed that it really, honestly, takes a severe tragedy to get our country united? Who remembers 9-11? Some of y'all in here were too young. My son was barely two when that happened. Watch this video. Party leaders from both houses and a number of members. divided Congress that can't stand and clap for each other, that calls each other names, that say people are treasonous and all the the garbage they spew. That was them standing on the steps of the Capitol singing, God bless America. What got them to that point? A tragedy. Why does it take a tragedy for us to realize that what unites us is stronger than what divides us? Now, a lot of those people would say that song is politically incorrect or it's insensitive because it uses the word God. Just 18 short years ago, they were all arm in arm singing God Bless America on the steps of the Capitol. I'm not sure you could get them to do that no matter what happened today. I don't, I don't know. But that's where we were. More recently, remember the devastating flooding in and around Houston? Remember that? This one we saw the true fabric of America. People came together. They worked together. They were there for each other. No matter what color you were, no matter what your social status was, no matter how much money you had, it was simply people rescuing people because that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take care of each other. We're supposed to help people. We're supposed to love each other. That's what real love looks like. And that, I believe, 
in my gut, you may call me an idealist, you may call me naive, but I believe that is really what our country is made of. It's made of people who look out for each other, who help each other, who are concerned about each other. Yes, there's a stupid, idiotic minority, but their voice is just louder than ours. And we are called to be salt and light in this world. And if we're dividing people by what we do, how are we any different than the world who wants to be divided? We as the church, we as Life Center, we as this community people have to decide that we are bigger than that. We have to decide that our lives, our future, our salvation, our family, our church, our community is worth more than our opinion. I give myself away so you can use me. My life is not my own. We just sang it. You sang it. You sang it. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself away. I give myself away. We all sang it together. It was pretty. It was beautiful. But do we really mean it? Do we really mean, God, I'm giving myself to you. I'm giving my attitude to you. I'm giving my desires. I'm giving my opinions to you. I'm giving you my right to post stupid things on social media. It's a problem. It's a problem. It's time that we begin the waking up process that we need to see in our community and in our country. Let's not fall for the silly tricks being played to divide us. Rise above, rise above the pettiness. Michelle Obama said something that I love. I love. She said, when they go low, we go high. Let me put a litmus test out there right now. How many of y'all just discounted what I said because I said who said it? (laughs) I'm being dead serious. If so, you got work to do. Ouch. But I don't agree with their politics. So what? They were Democrats. Our current president is a Republican. If we wait long enough, there will be another Democrat in office. It may be... In the next election, it may be the next one. But guess what? There will be another Democrat. And after that, there will be another Republican. So you get your way every little bit. (laughs) No matter what your affiliation is, you get your way sometimes. And sometimes you don't. Guess what? That's big boy and big girl pants. Wear them. Sometimes we get our way, and sometimes we don't. Does that mean we hate the person who's there, who's who's in office, when we don't agree with them? No, it means we pray for them. See, that flies in the face of what our society says right now, because we're we're supposed to hate them and do anything at all to derail them. No, we pray for them that, that they could lead our country in a way that will make us stronger, not weaker. You don't want our leaders to fail. I promise you don't. You want them to be successful and do things to put us in a better position. Are you you going to agree with everything they say and do? No, you're not. I cringe as much as the next person does sometimes. But no matter who is there, you pray for them. Agree or disagree, you pray for them. So when they go low... We go high. Think on this. Finally, brothers, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever, I got to hurry, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, this is a mouthful. 
think about such things. Thanks, Paul. It's a big order. Think on those things. Why think on those things? Because Romans says that we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. So if we think on these things, it transforms us. And we're renewed. Our mind is renewed by thinking on these things, so our lives are transformed. We think differently, therefore we act differently. We interact differently because we're thinking about things that bring praise and they're excellent and they're true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and I want to dance to the tulips. That's okay. Let's take this a bit farther. This is my 2018 version. This is me taking Philippians 4, 8 and, and putting my spin on it. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, post on social media about, about such things. If it will encourage someone, if it will bring someone together, post about such things. Cyrus said, where there is unity, there is always victory. Mother Teresa said, I can do things you cannot. You can do things I cannot. Together, we can do great things. That's the beauty about how God builds a church. All members of one body jointly fit together is what scripture says. You can do things I can't. I can do things you can. That's why we have Grow Track this Wednesday. Because you can do things I can't do. And, and what, what you'll learn and, and absorb through Grow Track and getting involved in our church, it multiplies what we can do. We become not just a few people, not just four, five, six, seven, eight people, but 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, 200. That's what happens right there. Galatians 3 says, so in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. We are one. No races. No races. Everybody say no races. No races. None. I'm going to put this out there. I don't think any races go to heaven. I don't think you can hate someone or discriminate someone because they're a different nationality than you or a different color than you and be saved. I don't. I'll wait for it. I want that to sink in. How can you say you love God who you haven't seen when you can't love your brother who you do see every day? Let's just, that's, that's, just, that's just that. Ephesians 4, 3. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort. That means I'm working at it. That means I'm analyzing what I do. I'm analyzing what I say. I am working on doing this. Think about your actions. Think about your words. Spoken and typed. Think about your actions and your words. Titus 3, 10 says, Warn, uh, this is, I want to slow down. Titus 3.10, warn a divisive person once. Warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. Mm. How's that? Why, why would that be in the Bible? Because division is like acid. Division is like cancer. 
it invades and it destroys and it stops what God is wanting to do. So what does that, what does that mean for us? Take time to look around yourself. Take time to look around yourself. You may need distance from some people. Be aware of your influencers, not the people you're influencing. Be aware of the people that influence you. If someone in your life is constantly divisive, speak to them about it. Say, listen, this, this is not what I'm trying. These are real conversations you have to have, and it takes adults to have them. You can be like, hey, this is, this is not what I'm about. This is not bringing anybody together. This is not lifting anybody up. This is not producing anything positive. This need, I, I can't do this. We can't afford to be divided. The job we have to do is too great. There are so many people in our community that need to hear about Jesus. We don't have the time to be arguing. And I will say one thing we have not had to deal with in this church is arguing and gossip and all that stuff. It's just, it's just not who we are. Debate. I was not in debate class for a reason. I hate it. That's not what we're about. We're about loving Jesus and showing someone who he is and what he's done in our lives. We don't have a time for all this stuff. You don't have to decipher most of what I say, do you? It's pretty plain and pretty clear. So let's take this a step further. We're going back to Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, think on these things, post about these things, surround yourself with people that live by this. That's my addition to what he said. Surround yourself with people who are unifiers. Surround yourself with people who are positive. That whole passage he wrote about is about being positive. It's about being uplifting. It's about loving. It's not about hating on anything. It's not about calling someone out. It's not about your right to free speech. It's about doing this so we can be transformed and we can show someone the way to Jesus Christ. That's all it's about. When we do this, we're unified by love. And it's God's love. And that's how we're going to affect our community. We're going to turn it upside down. Is it a hot topic? Yes. Why? Because our world is divided. It's divided and it's so angry and hurtful. And now more than ever, at any other point in history, the world needs God's love. And it needs positive believers to say, I am not going to to divide any further. I'm going to unite. I'm going to uplift. I'm going to love. I'm going to be positive. This will separate us. It will elevate us and it will promote us. John 13, 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. By this, everyone's going to know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. By this. Not by how much money you have. Not by how much money you give. Not by the size of your house. Not, which, what, not what your zip code is. Not about how much scripture you can quote. It's not about that. It's about how you love. Your love for one another. That's how people will know that you are his disciples. 
Love is what's going to bring unity. Love is what's going to cast out division. And today, the power we could harness if this group would be of one mind. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, when Jesus had ascended to heaven, he told them to go wait for the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says they were all in one place and one mind. King James says they were in one mind and one accord. That's when the Spirit of God fell. And that's where 3,000 believers were added the first, very first day that God's Spirit fell. That's the kind of stuff that can happen when we put ourselves on the back burner and we get the mind of Christ. And we decide to be a unifying force and not a divisive force. When we can rally around the banner of Jesus and be positive. I challenge you. This, I challenge you. This doesn't mean stop after this week. But I challenge you for the next seven days to not post anything on social media. Anything. That's negative. Anything that could offend someone, don't do it. Anything that would be morally questionable, don't do it. I challenge you. See how that feels. See how that fits. Here's what I know. If you do that, if you let, if you let that begin to be your behavior and who you are, people are going to be drawn to you. Thank God I'm not where I was two years ago. God is good. What's wrong with that? There's a guy I follow on Twitter every morning. Blessed to see another day. Every single morning. I like seeing that. Why? Because there's somebody acknowledging that they're blessed to be where they are. It's positive. It gives me hope. How many words is that? Five words. Blessed to see another day. That lifts my spirits. I didn't follow this guy four months ago. Now I do. Be a positive force in somebody's life. Instead of them looking at your social feed and saying, why? What are they thinking? Like, man, that really... You might get a note. Thanks for that today. You might get a comment. Help me out. Lifted my spirits. I can always count on you for something positive. You're drawing people. You're influencing people in a good way. Why? Because you simply change your verbiage. I challenge you, one week, do it. Let me know. Drop me a line. Shoot me a text. Let me know how that fits on you. How it's going. Today, I believe we can destroy division, at least in this room. Is it always easy? No, because some of y'all like bloody meat, and some of y'all like charcoal briquettes. different but should the fact of how you like your meat cooked dictate whether you can love somebody or have a relationship with them you may not be able to look at their plate when you go out to eat with them you may have to keep your eyes up but it doesn't mean you can't love them it doesn't mean you can't have a relationship with them if you're conservative and somebody's liberal does that mean you can't love them I got no's the first time I didn't get any nose right then. See, we got work to do. We're so, it's so ingrained in us to hate the other side, to push back, to, to do whatever we can make them to do to derail. We got to change our, our mindset. 
You can have different opinions and still be friends. You can do that. I promise you. Y'all, I've got, I've got friends in every political spectrum that you would want to have them in. Green Party, Libertarians, Independents, Democrats, Republicans, all of them. I might think some of them are crazy sometimes, but it doesn't mean I don't love them. It doesn't mean I, that I, I don't care for them or, or I can't be civil with them and consider them my friend. And they were in trouble, their house was on fire, where, where, where would I be? At their house helping them out. That's what we do. That's what we're called to do. Here's the deal. Today the call is simple. God, I want to be a unifier. I want my thinking transformed. I want to be able to focus on what is pure and what is right and what is lovely and what is praiseworthy and what brings a good report. I want to focus on those things. Yes, I have my opinions and, and, and whatever, but I want to be that person. It doesn't mean you haven't been that person. It just means I want to be the person that God has called me to be to bring people together to show people the way to him. That's all. It's that simple. Be a uniter, not a divider. This week, try it for seven days. Nothing divisive. Nothing hurtful. Nothing morally questionable. Let's fill social media with a positive message that Jesus loves them. Can we do that? God bless y'all. Have a great week.